Welcome to the Following Jesus Together podcast. I'm Justin Elifros, and I'm joined by the whole Home Groups team. And as way of introduction, we were going to ask this question, what's your favorite Christmas tradition? But. But instead, (laughs) before we started recording, we remembered one of our favorite stories about Mark's favorite Christmas story. Very recent. Very recent one. And so, Mark, would you share that with the world? Well, I mean, I, we're still building our family traditions because my son is 10 months old. So he was three months old last Christmas. And leading up to it, uh, Sarah and I were debating on how we were going to be handling Santa. And I mean, you know, you can handle it a bunch of different ways, but, uh, and we hadn't really quite decided. But the one oh, thing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Y'all hadn't quite decided, well, or she hadn't she quite had, decided. She hadn't quite decided. But the one thing that it does help with this story, actually. The it's one good thing that I at least put my foot down on was like, I don't love just handing my baby over to a stranger in a white beard. Like that's just something that I was just going to put my. <laughs> it's foot a good down qualifier. On. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So we were in Grapevine doing the whole Christmas stuff, and thank you. And uh, and my wife Sarah sees Santa in the lobby and she says, hey, can we go take a picture with Santa? I say, sure, that's fine. Just as long as we just stand next to him. Just don't just don't hand JD over to him, whatever. And we just start walking over there and Sarah just starts walking faster than me and just (laughs) gets gets to Santa. And and he was very, he was a very kind man. Would you say he was jolly? He was very jolly. Very kind with a white beard. Yeah, that's right. And he, and he just put out his arms and said, hey, can I hold him? And Sure enough, Sarah goes, sure, you can take my baby. (laughs) And so I stood very reluctantly next to Santa holding my baby, (laughs) some stranger that I met five seconds previously. And that's and that's how that's how my wife is going to continue to hijack our family traditions from here on out. We should put that picture in the show notes. We should. It's a cute picture. <laughs> <laughs> so looking back, are you happy that this happened? Or are you not happy that this happened? I'm. You have mixed feelings. I plead the fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just so a good. cute picture. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so good. Um, well, there are other Christmas traditions. Maybe we'll talk about at some other time. But really, for this episode. We really want to talk about group rhythms, but more than that, in thinking about the holidays and thinking about different breaks that the home group ministry has just throughout the season. And really as a ministry, we talk about this a lot. And Tori, I'm going to throw this over to you here in a second. Uh, But really, it's not a break. It's not a break. We were not not on a break. break. Yeah, that's right. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Home groups don't take breaks. We don't take breaks from our community, but it is important to think about different rhythms as we go into the different seasons throughout the year. So, Tori, what else would you add on top of that? Yeah, bef- I'm going to try really hard not to get on a soapbox, so I'm going to rein it in a little bit. <laughs> um, but there's natural rhythms in our week. There's Monday through Saturday. We have a rest of Sabbath. Um, all those things are natural and normal. So the idea of a break, the the root of that is essentially good. Um, we're we're designed to have rest. Um, it helps us recognize our humanness. It's an act of worship to build mm-hmm. that into our rhythm. With your mind, body, soul, and spirit, it's all of you. So I don't want to dog on it too bad. Um, and we have a natural rhythm in our year. In this, at least where we live, August to August, we kind of all follow that. Um, so holidays and summer, those are just natural breaks. So when we think about a break, what I want to kind of lay before everyone is consider rest and recreation, consider service and solitude versus a true break. Like Justin just said, like we're not taking a break from community. We're not 
cutting ourselves off from everybody and, you know, essentially ignoring them and pretending they don't exist for a couple of weeks. And honestly, the groups that we've always been a part of have always done this rhythm. They've taken breaks. And there was a long season where we were the nomads. We didn't have family around and it was really lonely. We felt forgotten and we just never really loved it. Everything felt like a ghost town. Everyone kind of disappeared. And then we also felt cut off from potential needs around us. We didn't have our community to step in and help us with those things. And so, yeah, I would just leave before everyone to consider how can you redeem that time? How can you creatively use your gifts during that time? And then how can you just have fun and celebrate? Mm -hmm. I think as Christians, we get a little nervous about the word fun, but gosh, it really can be a time to just celebrate and really sit in gratitude for what the Lord's given us. Yeah, I think— All of those things uh, as far as like our natural rhythms and the fact that the Lord designed us to rest is a really beautiful thing, talking about our humanness. Um, And like she said, just consider just changing the way you even talk about it because some of you may be going, well, that's just semantics. Yeah, we call it a break, but we're really doing those things. But we're discipled by those things. In our current culture, a break really does feel like, okay, I've done all my work this semester. Now I deserve a break. And it's that— just kind of feeding that consumerism again, that I deserve a break because I've done all this work versus I get to be in community with these people and we can rest well together during this season. And what does rest actually look like? Most of us don't even know what a Sabbath really should look like. (laughs) And so I would honestly encourage all of you to really consider what does Sabbath in your life look like? Because once you can really hone that in, it will really change your mind on what it looks like to have a season of rest with others in community too. Yeah. And the heart of our ministry is that we're not a checkbox ministry mm-hmm. and and we're going to you know talk about a ton of different ideas and a ton of different things you can do and and that's not to say that if you if you aren't doing more activities or things with your group over the holidays then you're not actually creating that community but consider planning with a purpose saying what are the things that we can actually yeah. leverage that are going on what are the things that um, are already built into the rhythms of the families in our group and and all those types of things to um, to then capitalize on that opportunity to rest and not lose the traction and momentum yes through all of that for sure yeah and we think about like giftings right and Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why we think it's important to shift the rhythm during a season or maybe in a future episode we'll talk about the summer and because that's a longer season um and and thinking about what does it look like to guard against burnout for our leaders because that's Mm -hmm. a real thing for sure. <laughs> and to invite other people into that space and say, hey, you love doing this. Like, mm-hmm. will you do this for our whole group? And I think a lot of times, at least what I run into, I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on this, is that many times leaders will throw it out to the whole group and be like, hey, would somebody host this thing? Right. <laughs> Anyone and then it's silence. Bueller. Yes. Yeah, that's Bueller. right. <laughs> and as opposed to like good, I think leadership would say, hey, I see this in you and I, I would mm-hmm. love for you to be a part of this. And that then we get to experience the benefit of that person stepping Mm -hmm. up into that space. I think most people are just waiting to be asked. Many times, not always, but many times most people are just waiting to be asked. And so as a leader to see and recognize the giftings in the group and then to invite them in. Yeah. I think the important part there is the fact that you're calling something out in them versus like reluctantly handing something over again as if it's a burden. Like here's this burden I have and somebody please take it from me versus this beautiful thing of like, yeah, like you said, calling beautiful gifts out in people and letting them flourish in that. 
So as we think about like practically, there's a lot of ideas. I mean, we could come up with <laughs> pages and pages and pages of ideas. Pages. But what are some things as you guys have interacted with some of our group leaders and then also maybe in your own experience that you guys would say, hey, these are some of our practical kind of favorite group ideas for this season? I really love the idea, Mark touched on this, that you're you're not necessarily needing to create a bunch of new things for your group to do, but to plan with purpose and consider the things that are already happening. So if your group consists of families or just, it doesn't even have to be families, anyone in it that has kind of some milestone things coming up, I'll use my own family as an example. Um, both of our kids will have Christmas plays coming up. And that's a really, really sweet opportunity to capitalize on that by inviting our whole home group to that, asking them to be a part of that. Not only are they joining us in something that's super important to our kids, where our kids will also see the fruit and benefit of the community we surrounded them by, but it's also just a time for us to celebrate that together and maybe go out to dinner afterwards or go get dessert together. But it's that sweet thing that we are showing up for each other, and it's already on my calendar. It's already on my husband's calendar, and we're just asking others to join us in that. Yeah, and I mean, we hear stories about our, our leaders you know, serving with their group over the, the holiday season as well because there's always opportunities to, to do stuff like whether it's the um, the shoebox uh, ministry. Uh, Operation Christmas. Operation Christmas, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I got yep. you. Uh, or like, I mean, something as simple as like going to a nursing home and singing carols with them. Like you don't yeah. like you don't realize how much that actually means to the people there. And, and you know, one of the ways that, um, you know, that my wife and I got to know our neighbors was we just made Christmas cookies and started handing them out to our neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, do that with your group and go into the spaces that you already are, that you occupy um, and use that as an opportunity to, to build relationships and, and shine a light for the gospel. I would just add like single moms too. Um, one of the things that we've seen throughout our time is they are typically asking for gifts for their kiddos and we loved adopting families, but then the parents typically aren't getting anything. They're not thinking about themselves. And one year, um, some of the women in my group were like, hey, yeah, let's let's give her a coat and like some of the things she needs, but can we all pitch in and get her like a manicure gift card? And I was like, that is a great idea because the, that's a want. And very frequently, she's not getting to serve mm-hmm. herself in that way. So it was just being creative even in those ideas too. Yeah. And to go back to a couple episodes that we had uh, around Gather, Include, Bless, like I think One of the things that I love about that is that it does take the pressure off of just two people doing everything like we talked about recently. But also more than that, it's like, hey, you just allow those things to breathe. So if it's Mm -hmm. already a part of your rhythm and your life and your discipleship of like, what does it look like to bless the people around you? Then all the ideas that you guys just brought in is like, this is just a natural thing that we do as a group. It's not a separate thing. It's a natural thing that we do. We're already in this rhythm. We're just doing it. It's just different in this particular season. You get to pause and really think about it. Yeah. And that there's more opportunity as a as a whole American culture, Western culture around this season to think intentionally about the people around you. Yeah. Like we've been doing this all year round. Mm-hmm, now we mm-hmm. just get to aim a little bit into the needs that that are happening in our community. And it's also, um, especially if some of your groups are really struggling with that include and bless peace. This is a really, really great opportunity to really bring that out in your group. Yeah. And because... We don't have a single group that would tell us, man, we really hated it when we served together. It's always the (laughs) opposite. It's usually so life-giving and usually just brings um, just deeper friendships within the group as you're doing things for others, as you're serving the Lord um, in those spaces. And so 
just taking this time, if you feel awkward about how you're going to start doing service things together or how you're going to do include things together, this can just start a really healthy rhythm for you that will go beyond mm-hmm. Christmas and Thanksgiving Super natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It builds momentum. Yep. What are some other practical ideas that we see here? Um, one thing that I've heard about and then we actually implemented it because I thought it was a great idea, but people wrapped a book like one of the books that they just liked throughout the year and did a little book exchange and the kids got to do one and the adults got to I do one. That. So it didn't cost anyone anything. And it was also a sweet opportunity to be like, hey, this book really impacted me this year. I'd love to share it with one of you. So that was a cool one. That's cool. I mean, I see like things that we just wrote down some of these like Christmas movie nights, cookie decorations. These are all the good things with kids. Obviously, tacky sweater. Hello, white elephant. <laughs> hello. Uh, all the good things that, <clears throat> that you know, we do with all of our other friends, like normally, uh, mm-hmm, we just get yeah. the opportunity to do it together as a group. I, th- I think the main thing that I want to bring forward is, and, and you touched on this story, is that I think a lot of people, when they think about the holiday season, it's extreme emotions for the most part. Yeah. It's either like, oh, I love it and I have this these great the memories. Or it's like, this is the worst time of my life because yeah. I had some very hard things happen in my life during the season. And mm-hmm. that's me. Or maybe, yeah, or maybe presently I have yeah. some really hard things that yeah. are going on. Just because people are going back to see family, that doesn't mean that's a good thing. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that's an easy thing. Mm-hmm. Just because people, um, I mean, a lot of people, they don't have a family to go back to. Mm-hmm. And so it's looking for the least of these in our environment that we can then invite people into our space. And I think we're doing better as a whole church, not just TVC, but just the American church around the Christmas season and inviting people into our spaces for yes. those like, quote, sacred spaces. Mm-hmm. I think we're doing better for that, but it's like, man, what does it look like for us to invite somebody into like our family rhythm, like mm-hmm. me, like Christy yeah. and Cooper and Beckham and Addie and like inviting somebody into our space there Yeah, and just to have eyes to see those that, hey, maybe this isn't the easiest season in the mm-hmm. world. I'm just a quick soapbox. Like I, whenever I go back to Chicago and we're sitting at Christmas Eve service and I see the guy up front who's welcoming everybody and every time he's like, man, we just love that you're here. Everything's awesome. I'm like, dude. Everything's not awesome for a lot of these people. And you just like (laughs) soared right over them. Mm -hmm. And now they don't feel seen in any Mm -hmm. stretch of imagination. This is not a welcoming home for them. And so I think that happens on a macro level. Mm -hmm. I think that can also happen in a micro level. Mm -hmm. And if people are forgotten in their own community, the damage is larger there. Yeah. Those wounds hurt more. Yeah. So just piggybacking off that, things like doing like a Friendsgiving, you know, so whether that be at actual Thanksgiving or somewhere in between. But it's a really sweet space for you to kind of redeem those seasons for people. Um, Mm -hmm. You can invite people into it, and you can, again, it doesn't have to be on Thanksgiving. So, again, we want to be mindful. Some of you leaders already have a jam-packed schedule with family obligations, so we're not trying to put more burden on you. Just think creatively on how you can do these things. But also keeping in mind the people that you have in your group. So you can either make it closed where it's just this really sweet, intimate thing for your group, or again, you can use it as an include space and make it more just open house type thing where you mm-hmm. can invite others into. But it's just, it's all these little opportunities that are discipling each other. We're discipling each other. And what does it look like to actually be the family of God? So many times I feel like it's this, uh, I feel torn between, well, am I going to give all my time to my, you know, blood family obligations or my church family obligations? And I would just challenge and encourage us to really evaluate that and bring that before the Lord and not feel like we're so torn. But both, you can have both, but also remembering your spiritual family is really, really, really important. 
Yeah, and that'd be a really good reason to to plan and far in advance yeah. as you possibly can. Yes, you know, because absolutely. I mean, gosh, I feel like my entire fall calendar has been filled ever since June. And so yeah. uh, figuring out like first of all, you know, taking into consideration those unique uh, situations that some of your group members may be in, um, whether it's complex family dynamics or whatever it may be, and moving towards them in care, planning for the holiday season with mm-hmm. them in August. So, I mean, the the way that you can care for them leading up to that time, and then also for all those that, you know, are going to have a ton of things come on their calendar uh, months in advance, planning ahead and saying, hey, this is what you can expect for us to be doing, expecting uh, for us to prioritize these things together. Yeah. Yeah, and I would just encourage y'all to allow kiddos, if they're part of the group, to be able to inform some of that. So mm-hmm. even spend some group time, maybe in August, September, making a list of some of the kinds of things that you want to do, ways you want to serve. Make a bingo game out of it. See if you guys can accomplish those things by the end of the holiday season. Yeah, I think just pulling everybody in because we all have different spheres that we're influencing day to day. So to get everybody in the same room, aiming for the same goal. Yep. Yeah, so again, we could talk about, you know, practical idea after practical idea after practical idea. I think we gave some for sure. Uh, The biggest thing that we wanted to get across today was groups don't take breaks. Nope. They change their rhythm. Amen. And I have sat with (laughs) leaders in the past, and I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but they're like, I know that we're not supposed to take breaks, but I'm like, just stop saying that. Like, just totally change your language. It's it's not the same thing. It's not a bad word. Just change it. That's right. That's right. Um, Again, the heart of that, I get. It's good. Totally. The heart of it is good. Yes. But unhelpful sometimes to use that word. To tell your people that you're walking with that I'm taking a break from you. (laughs) I need Um, a break from you. So as we're talking to leaders right now, and we've touched on a few of these as we've gone, what are some things that we want to communicate to them just to maybe be mindful of, to be careful of Mm -hmm. as they enter into the season? I just want to start by saying you as the leader, you will set the tone for your group during these seasons. So um, if this is, if for some of you, this may be convicting. You may be the group leader we're talking about that has sat across from us and said, I know we weren't supposed to be taking a break. (laughs) That's okay. We're asking you right now, put that before the Lord. Check your own heart on these things and make sure that you're leading out in this. Um, Because if you don't have buy-in that this isn't a quote-unquote break, Um, then your group members won't. And so how you communicate these things really does matter. They're looking to you to like figure out there are going to be group members that are looking to you for permission to bow out for two months. And so you just have to be really mindful about those things and know that you are leading the charge. Yeah. And I I said this earlier to to consider just planning with a purpose in mind of, you know, we can get distracted by all of the things that are going on in the holiday season. And, you know, we can it was actually the heart of uh, (laughs) between Sarah and I and talking about how we were going to handle Santa was, hey, let's not distract away from the fact that, hey, this season is really meant to come around the the birth of Christ and, and actually being thankful for the and having gratitude for the thing that the Lord has blessed us with and so that we can then also bless others um, out of that uh, out of that abundance that he has given us. And so I would say the the things like Friendsgiving or even things like uh, like getting together on New Year's Eve, like being purposeful in those spaces to say, hey, this Friendsgiving meal is actually a way to have gratitude for the way that the Lord has blessed us. Or spending New Year's Eve together is a way that you can actually spend the brand new year praying in the new year mm-hmm, and yeah. looking back on the last year on that's the good. faithfulness of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And <clears throat> like as a people of God, God has set up times in the Old Testament 
where they should celebrate. Yes. Uh-huh. And like, I just love that. I love that. Festivals. We're supposed to party. Oh, yeah. We're supposed oh, yeah. to party. Ooh. Yeah. And <laughs> that okay. like, it's actually something that we get to call back in our ancient faith and mm-hmm. then bring into the present together and celebrate together. Mm-hmm. And that there are moments and seasons where we need to celebrate. Sometimes life is so hard and long and busy and all the things, but then just to, man, we're just going to bring our best and we're just going to celebrate together and have a meal or whatever it might be. And so I think you were touching on that, Mark. And I, I just, I love that God tells us to party. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I think it gives the world a picture of what that can look like, redeemed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which speaks into my story for sure. Yeah. I would just add intentionally praying and really spending time asking people, hey, how is this season hitting you? Because it might be stressful for some financially. I think it's a great um, question. It might bring up family dynamics that are coming that they might have Mm -hmm. some anxiety about, grief resurfacing. Grief is just a funny thing. It could be years and years and years. And these kinds of things can elicit that to come back. And so really being intentional to pray into those things over this season, over those few months, um, I think can be really helpful. It's good. For sure. I think if you hear nothing else on this, uh, I would just want to speak over y'all to have a ton of grace with each other. Um, We are the people of God. We are the family of God. So our first foot forward should be love and grace towards one another. You may have group members that are busier than normal during this season. Um, They may not be able to participate, you know, just whatever it looks like that doesn't equate them being less than of their group members or not being as committed. Um, Or you may have a frustrating group member that really is just not bought into this. Um, Don't let this season um, create wedges or just frustration, but use it to, like Tori said, pray pray for one another. Um, This season's going to come and go quick. So just be intentional and love. That's good. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, for another episode. We hope that you got some really practical ideas for how you can leverage your group and be with your group in this season. See you next time. Bye.